0: Joe Biden. He's stolen the White House from me. I always knew he had the potential to do this with the help of the goddamn Chinese virus. But I didn't think he'd actually do it. What do I do now, where do I go? How do I win? How do I get them to like me? God damn it, I'm so lonely. Who's out of the door? Come in, come in, come in.
1: Sir?
2: It's, uh... It's Rupert Murdoch on the phone. Rupert? Put him on, put him on. He says, uh... He says Fox News aren't gonna support you anymore. What? But... But why?
0: They've called Arizona, sir. It's... It's time to go. It's time. But Arizona's been with me since the start.
2: It's gone. The ghost of... The ghost of John McCain spoke to them. It's time to go. God damn McCain.
0: He was never really with the party at all, was he? I think we're gonna have to do it. Get Proud Boys on the line. <laughs> we mobilize. Sir, I... I'm not leaving without a fight, Gary. You know he stole it. You know it's not legitimate. The mail-in votes. <sighs> Melania said she's leaving me. I... I just... I can't do it anymore. And now they're saying that the McGrib isn't coming back in January. Popeyes is
1: stopping the chicken sandwich. (laughs) Why did it all have to happen once?
0: What's up guys? Welcome to Party Roulette. (laughs) (laughs)
2: Seamless. Absolutely seamless.
0: It's Felix Fierce. I'm joined today by the wonderful Bagsman, a.k.a. Lewis Grace. How are we doing today, mate?
2: Yeah, very good. Thank you for having me.
0: First guest on the show. Is this your first time doing a podcast?
2: Uh, Yeah, first time doing a podcast. Although, uh, as I was saying before we started recording, I do have a bit of experience in uh, voiceovers. (laughs) Oh, yeah, such as? Uh, So, I'm from Cambridge in the UK, and uh, they have a thing called Cambridge Assessment there, where they do kind of like... Um, foreign language tests. You're one of those guys. That yeah, yeah. So, like when you. Section you're, one has
0: ended. Beep.
2: Yeah, uh, <laughs> but it was. So, I was playing like a really young kid, but when I was over the age of 16, so they didn't have to have a. As you can tell by my, uh, you know, dulcet tones. Yeah, yeah. yeah. I could um, do a child's voice quite easily. Mm-hmm. And you had to be really careful with kind of like the enunciation and stuff like that. And uh, so it kind of go. And you'd be going like, um, "I love playing football with my friends," <laughs> like that. And you had to really like come hard down onto the end of all the words. That's and stuff. pretty good. Yeah. Well, thanks. I'm a couple of years out of business, but uh, yeah. looking to get back into it. Yeah, looking always, to get back always into. Always avenues it. opening up. Yeah, I think I think they went to Qatar and Switzerland in the end. So, mm. any Qatari or Swiss fans out there? You know, I'm sure you're. Show you more, the sounds of my voice. Yeah, they're probably yeah. gassed right now. Yeah, yeah Lighting yeah, yeah. up
0: the comment section. <laughs> so, wow, it's him. No way, it's Bagsman.
2: <laughs> was that a Swiss or a Qatari accent? Uh both a bit of a Well,
0: how are you doing today, mate? Yeah, not bad. Not
2: bad, you know, getting over the um, overwhelming wave of ambivalence.
0: Exactly, yeah. There was a lot of that, I think. Because uh, yeah, me and you watched it together on election night yeah. and. We were both kind of in the mindset of like, all right, Biden is most likely going to win. In my head, it was like 85% or something. um, True. Yeah, I think
2: you were a little bit more sure than I was.
0: Yeah. I was slightly more nervous.
2: I think the thing I was worried about wasn't Biden losing the popular vote. I think that was always a bit of a given. Yeah, of course. It was about, and which is what we've seen since, is about the degree to which Trump accepts it. I think that was the thing I was always worried about.
0: Yeah, I mean, I I think there was a part of me that was a bit scared by that as well. I wasn't so much scared by that. I was scared by um, the ability to which Trump may, may go off on it, like you're saying. But then I, I guess once I learned more about, like, how the military would intervene, like I was watching... Um, another YouTuber who does alternate history videos called What If Altist. Okay, I've uh-huh. talked about it before. Um, and somebody asked a question in a live stream about, okay, presidential election, what about the possibilities of a civil war? And he was just like, like we're now more inclined to believe that a civil war is on the horizon because of social media and the echo chamber and how we, when we go online, we see so much of our own stuff and we see so much vitriol towards the other side that we're inclined to believe that our in-group of population of radical leftists or radical right-wing people, that that is much bigger than it actually is, when actually it only really represents about, say, 25% of the country. In fact, there's a lot of sludge in the middle that don't really care. Don't really give a shit. Yeah, yeah they just yeah, go online yeah. like, oh, Trump's this or Biden's that, but it's only, like, the people at the, the far ends, the real fringes who believe this. And I guess once I learned that, I was just like, all right, yeah, civil war's not gonna fucking happen. Trump's gonna kick up a fuss, but ultimately, like... Like what he ended that question of, okay, what about prospects of a civil war was like, it's even if something like this does happen, the military in America is the most trusted institution of the government. It's so powerful. It's very right wing. If anything like that happens, or Trump tries to like not respect the results of the election, the military will just use control. Yeah, but I mean, the, difficult, the difficulty
2: with that, right, is that he is their commander-in-chief. Like, the president is the commander of chief of the military. I'm not saying there's going to be a coup d'etat. I just meant that, like, I mean, if it's a right-wing organisation that, you know, predominantly is... I mean, the difficulty with that kind of... It depends on your definition of right-wing because the majority of people in there are going to be kind of neoconservative hawks rather than a kind of a Trumpian isolationist. So despite it being right-wing, it's hard to know that if it came to that, if it was that contentious,
0: which side would it go? But um, I I think it was also more in the lead up to the election day once I realized that the mail-in votes were going to be something that was very much delayed. Mm -hmm. And we were going to learn about that after the fact, after election night. I was predicting that CNN, CBS, Fox News, that they would cover it in a way which is a bit misleading. Of them basically saying, all right, this is what it's looking like right now. Uh, Trump's won it. And on election night, they did do that somewhat, but I was predicting them to be like Trump's done it, yeah, Ooh. and then a week later we'll be like, oh wait, but, and it wasn't really like that. It was very much like, okay, this is what we know, this is how many of the votes coming in, this is how many mail in votes coming in, this is which areas still have to vote. And the coverage was actually quite good, I thought. Yeah, and you didn't
2: preempt the genius of John King. Could not. <laughs> 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 man, I fell in love oh with that my guy. God, I forgot he was about just, John King. Bro, man. He
0: spoke
3: so
2: fast <laughs> and with such clarity that I just couldn't. Oh, man. It was absolutely insane. I was mesmerized. And it was at a time where like everyone's kind of like
0: sleepy and everyone's kind of trying to stay awake. And he is just. He was phenomenal. He pumping he was it was out. Abso- he would just come in and be like what's going to happen over here? We don't know. <laughs> and it goes, and it goes, of course, like now the Democrats have more votes, but of course, that's not how we choose presidents. It's not how it goes.
2: <laughs> and then you get, those do we know m- anything? No, we don't. We know <laughs> we'll catch you later. <laughs> <laughs> it was absolutely incredible. And cause we, we ended up watching quite a lot of CNN. Uh, CNN's we, yeah, so good, man. we dabbled with uh, a bit of Fox and, uh, but predominantly we were on CNN and it was just those moments where you'd get Wolf Blitzer and they'd do that little walk across to John King. And then uh-huh. they have their little moment, then they'd transfer and then he'd suddenly divulge into some specific county.
0: Ah, it's so good. Like, I'm just looking at now, I just typed in John King highlights and it's just uh John King is a legend. John King and the magic wall. <laughs> <laughs> he was he was absolutely mesmerizing. He was brilliant he was definitely the best thing about the coverage. This I mean is, this one's from uh eight years ago. I've still got the sad music playing in the background. <laughs> We're now on to to melancholy. (laughs) Oh, fantastic. (laughs) love it. What, from soft drama? Yeah. A growing Obama lead in Wisconsin. A comfortable Obama lead in Virginia. A decent Obama lead down in Florida. An Obama lead up in New Hampshire. Those are all toss-up states on our map. What has happened since that debate? Well, let's switch maps and looks. And let's start out west first. Nevada, one of the toss-up states. Now, Governor Romney has been doing better in the
1: west than other parts of the country, but still a boost there. 47, 45 in a New Suffolk University poll. That's a dead heat. A statistical tie in battleground Nevada. Let's move over to the state he's of Colorado. He's so consistent. Like, ago, is there's not a there's not, not a there's not a misbeat. Seen Post-debate. you know, you know rap gone by
0: you go. Eminem. Dead, he's going to be at the Super Bowl in man.
1: Now let's come back over so to the Midwestern battle. This man. is Paul.
0: All right, enough of him. Well, yeah, um, yeah. Like, I wasn't too surprised, and I found it funny because. Like a lot of other people, I think everybody was just a bit traumatized from 2016. Yeah. And there was an inclination for people to believe, like, oh, Trump, like, oh, Trump, Trump, Trump. And it was because I I'd followed it closely. So I knew, like, okay, Trump's been running a terrible campaign. And not only that, America is at 20% real unemployment right now. Mm. And there's tens of thousands of people getting evicted every day. Poverty skyrocketed. Homelessness is skyrocketed. So the situation in America right now is... is perhaps the worst it's been since the great depression. Honestly, like, yeah, I mean, poverty and, and job security. I can't think of a point. It's been worse, maybe 2008, but even then, like you had Obama coming in with this message of hope and everything. And it was like, yeah, true.
2: But that was the, that was the point, right? I mean, not that Obama was like cynically taking advantage of that situation, but the point is it was a time where people felt lost or whatever. And, I, you know, you can have the discussion about what Obama became to be. But by conveying a message of hope, people had something to latch onto, And I yeah. think that speaks to the fact, like, the comparison, you know, if you can compare the two things, the way that Obama took the House and took the Senate and took the presidency, and then you compare that with the Biden performance, where, I mean, we might get onto this later, but, like, doesn't look like they're going to take the Senate lost seats in the house and scraped like, I mean, it's scraping past someone who in the, Trump ran such a poor campaign. He cared as little about the rust belt as Clinton did in 2016 and is presiding over a crisis where like t- over 200,000 people in the U S have died of
0: coronavirus. Yeah. And especially the way it's been that, that has, that number has been framed and yeah. latched onto by the media in a way, which is like, like, becomes so such a central part of the narrative yeah. right now in America and people just can't escape it.
2: Yeah. But I think that speaks to what happens where you don't have a coherent, inspiring message. Is that in a comparable time, Obama was a was able to completely change the landscape. Yeah. Whereas definitely. Biden hasn't been, which I think
0: shows the difference between inspiration and lack thereof. Yeah, I mean Biden's entire campaign was I am not Trump, that was it. That was the well, They tried to hide him. Message.
2: So in the in the last week, it was like, where is he? He wasn't yeah. doing campaign spots anymore. He wasn't doing much. It was about just hiding him from like making a gaffe. Yeah, which is
0: no, that was that was by far that was that was by far the best strategy they could have gone yeah. with. But there's a lot of little things like in Florida, for example, they had a down ballot initiative to raise the minimum wage to fifteen dollars, mm-hmm. and that won with sixty percent of the vote. And yet Trump won Florida by four or five points yeah. comfortably. So you look at that and you're like, that makes no fucking sense. yeah. Because 60% of people in Florida voted for it. That's a solid majority. But then you have Trump who is like categorically against raising the minimum wage and Biden who says he's for it. And it's like, so why didn't Florida go for Biden? Because Biden didn't say this. Biden didn't yeah. go around the state, put any effort into the campaign there or to say like, oh, I'm going to raise minimum wage. That's part of my thing if he does that, if he has a bit of foresight, if the people in his team are a bit smarter, they can identify that, put some ads around Florida, Biden's going to do this. And then Biden all of a sudden wins 29 delegates. And that, you know, potentially could have been the election. Yeah. Yeah. The thing is like this, it's just like a terrible, terrible campaign. And it's, it's quite fucking saddening to see like the two most powerful democratic political organizations in the world at the top level being so incompetent. Yeah. Just like, to their core, like with so many people in like, in journalism can see it. Like we as like novice fans can just see like these core issues going on. Yeah. And how they're so out of touch with the people. And it's just, it's just fucking staggering. Like,
2: I mean, I think that was the thing. Right. And then it's, what's been really interesting in the fallout is been the kind of immediate punch leftwards. Yeah. yeah like, yeah. I yeah, think yeah. that's been really, so like John Kasich, oh, former Republican governor of Ohio came out like, was it the night or the next day and was saying that like, you know, Biden nearly lost this yeah. because
0: of his. But John Kasich is now, he's he's still a Republican, right?
2: Yeah, he is, but he was like a never Trump Republican and yeah, his whole, okay, yeah, but his yeah. whole argument, but one, he was supposed to bring Ohio, which didn't happen. And two, he was saying that, okay, what we need to do now, we speaking as like, I don't know, the anti-Trump people. Or saying that Biden needs to distance himself from the, you know, Ocasio Cortez's, the squad, the 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 left of the party. But that I mean, one, it there's no proof that the centrism is what won him for it. And also it's like no one who co-sponsored Medicare for All in the house lost. Exactly, yeah. And it was the same with the green new deal. I think one person who co-sponsored the green new deal lost in the house. But I mean like every single person who
0: sponsored Medicare for all one reelection. Yeah. Whereas there was five old school blue dog Democrats who have like been calling out the left, not supporting Medicare for all, not supporting green new deal. They were lost. They all yeah. were outed. And there was uh, a, nothing like Ilhan Omar. So in Minnesota and mm-hmm. then Rashida Tlaib in Michigan. Yeah. Um, they both increased the turnout by a really sizable margin and delivered their states. Yeah. And Whereas that, John,
2: the John Kasich in that example, Ohio, he was supposed to kind of bring this centrist message that, yeah, you might be a Republican, but don't vote for Trump, vote yeah. for Biden, just didn't work. And it so. just,
0: it, I, I think it goes to show that a lot of Americans now, like they went out to vote. I think we have this perception of the presidential election as like, okay, it's for the presidency. But a lot of people in their state, they don't view it like that. Like most people in Minnesota or Michigan, they go to vote for a to leave. They go out to vote for these good candidates who are running for the House, for the Senate. And then they see the name on the ticket and they're like, oh, fuck it, I guess I'm here already. I'll vote for Biden. Yeah. Yeah. Screw it. Whereas in Ohio, it's like, okay, John Kasich's telling me to go. I don't like any of my representatives. They're all kind of dickheads. I'm just not going to turn up. Yeah. And then you get a turnout that's 10% less.
2: Well, inspiration and positive reasons to vote for something are always better than negative. I mean, you can't, Because people don't get out of bed in the morning because they hate some other kind of politics. Like, I I mean, I know Trump lost.
0: A lot of people did, but it's people who are are comfortable. It's not like the demographic which is key. And this was something which, like, I saw a lot of in the Bernie campaign and I tried to communicate to people, was the idea that this is the key part of the party, is, like, the voters who have nothing to vote for. Yeah. You need to give them something to vote for because the people who are middle class, upper middle class, democratic voters, they're always gonna vote Democrat because they're comfortable and they don't mind voting for the status quo to an extent. Whereas the people who are working class, young people, they're not gonna vote for Joe Biden because they fucking hate what he stands for. Yeah. And they're not a part of of his world or his system whatsoever. Whereas the Democrats, you know, these these older middle aged people, they're just they're just like whatever. Yeah. I, don't I mean, shit, the like...
2: biggest the biggest gap in all established democracies like the UK or the US and a lot of Western countries is people who don't vote like that's the biggest untapped voter source. It's not people that you convert from Republican to Democrat.
0: Yeah,
2: it's people who don't find politics in any way inspiring. And I they're think... the people that you have to go for. And they're the people that you
0: capture by laying out a positive message. I, I do think this is something though, that the left, especially in America, has to grapple with a lot in the coming years um, and start to be a lot more aggressive because you saw in the past couple of weeks, like every fucking blue dog Democrat Republican is coming out and attacking the left saying that, you know, the Democratic Party has been pushed, pushed far much, too much to the left and Joe Biden, he's going to represent them too much. AOC just getting slagged off left and right. <laughs> It's left and right, but it's like, it's like a, it's a... She plays Among Us style. as well, man. Like, yeah. you know, yeah, she's a cool. people's champion. <laughs> she's a bad man. I, I love her. But, uh, she comes out and she's like, oh, guys, we need unity in the party. Yeah. And it's like, not really, because these guys don't like you. Like, well, it's what does that
2: unity mean, right? Because the unity that she will be espousing is about, like, coming together over shared principles and the centrist conception of unity is okay, come over here. Like disband what you think. Like their conception of what that unity is, is okay, shut up and come over to what we think. Yes,
0: but you wouldn't you won't really hear the Democrats, the the establishment Democrats saying it that much. You'll hear them saying like they've gone too far left. They've gone too far left. They're a bit too far left. Whereas on the leftist side, AOC or Omar or Bernie Sanders, you won't hear them saying very often and calling out specific people. You'll never hear AOC calling out Nancy Pelosi. At the beginning she was doing it a fair bit and she had the march to her office. But since she's been in there and she's and she kinda, called her
2: mum or something. Mama bear. She's yeah. a mama
0: bear. That, that That was weird. That got to a lot of people. It's so funny how like <laughs> those those two words like which well, she's like, oh you know Nancy Pelosi, she's a bit of a mama bear in the house. And like every single left-wing pundit was like
2: This isn't a game, man. What the fuck did you just say? <laughs> what the fuck? Especially after that video enemy enemy she number one. Like, fuck of me, all man. of those ice creams. Like, do you remember she did that video where she had this like massive fridge and she pulled out and she was talking about all this ice cream that she was having during lockdown? And it she AOC. had like this. Nancy oh, Pelosi. Pelosi. Yeah, In yeah, this yeah. like incredibly and it was just one of those things that demonstrates the kind of tone deafness of that part of the Democratic Party. Because it was like peak lockdown. It was like, yeah, and um, unemployment is just at its height that it's been for years and years and years. Like, loads of people getting laid off, and it was just after Trump, I think, failed to give the second stimulus package. And then she was like, right, so this is my favourite ice cream, and she gets out this like cathedral-sized fridge <laughs> and freezer, pulls out these massive drawers, and was like, this is, and there's just like ice cream everywhere. And then like AOC is like, oh, Mama Bear, I was like, ma'am, what are you? Shut the
0: fuck up. Shut what are you fuck doing? Up. Yeah, but there's I think there's a lot of that and I think it it's very understandable as well because I think to go into US politics into the House or the Senate as a principled left-wing politician you either go down two routes. You go down the Bernie Sanders route where you basically internally decide I'm not going to be a fucking politician. I'm going to be an activist. I'm going to like just get along with them, do my best to work around them. But I'm not going to beat this. I can't beat this. And I think that was a critical problem with Bernie's campaign was him not wanting to play politics, not wanting to make alliances with Elizabeth Warren, not wanting to call up Jim Clyburn to get the South Carolina endorsement. Things like this, which add up and result in him not getting the power, not getting the nomination, not being prepared to leverage that properly Um, and use your base, use your people. And I see a similar thing going with AOC now where she's, she's just going to get cozy to them. Like she's going to get, she's probably friends with these people because these people are like career politicians who are really fucking good at managing power and making sure that they win in these situations. And somebody like Nancy Pelosi, Chuck Schumer, I bet they're fucking lovely to AOC. I bet they smile at her and give her hugs. And I'm like, Oh my God, I love what you did there. That was such a sick thing. And then behind the scenes, they're a bit like, yeah, but you're a dickhead yeah and we're not actually going to support what you stand for, and we'll give you all the lip service you want, but when it comes actually to going out in public, they're going to be hardcore
2: yeah i mean it's is they're, the, they're not
0: afraid to do that they've been doing it for decades, like
2: do you go in the tent and piss in or stand outside the tent you know i mean and and I think it's difficult, and I think to their credit, I think aOC slash the squad's kind of criticism of a lot of the current democratic policy is uh has been good and it has been more she i think she's more of an outsider than perhaps you characterize her there but you do you just feel like she's going to tend she's towards becoming, yeah. it i
0: i i think she's becoming less of an outsider as things progress yeah. and i think she's there was a couple couple examples of her not endorsing left wing candidates and bernie as well um and i i just see it as something where i don't think they believe in themselves i don't think they believe that they have the power um to really spearhead a movement against the Democratic establishment, I think they still view it in the sense of we need to work together against the Republicans. Yeah, and that's the great enemy. I personally think that's the wrong approach, and that's that's how you get a situation that we have now, where Joe Biden is the president, and you know we can all agree he's better than Trump. But that's like, I don't think Trump is that much worse than the Democratic Party, to be honest.
2: Yeah, well, it's it's. It's like, Do you, is it, a symptom of the same problem right like are yeah. you fundamentally trying to it's like when a lot of people i mean you know not to you know harsh on these people but like loads of people like oh my god like shared all these things about like how amazing kamala harris is and like that, and that that the first woman of color which is a significant thing and as someone who's neither a woman nor a person of color you've got to be like well okay i guess if people see themselves in those things that is important but Alongside sharing these things of like Biden as well and you're like, but are these people like do these people getting into power do they mean that we're not gonna have another Trump? Because I think that's the fear that you either have Trump again or a Tom Cotton or another Trumpish figure. Because think... if you don't solve the issues that created them, what stops them coming back?
0: It's President Tucker Carlson. That's what we're looking at. Yeah, he said that. That's big what guy. we're looking at. <laughs> that is the fucking Oh, God, that's that's the end of the world, Tucker Carlson.
2: Well, we switched over to him,
0: uh, I think. Tucker Carlson is a uh, Fox News host who's uh, very charismatic, a bit yeah. nuts, by the way, for anybody who doesn't know. I'd recommend checking out a highlight reel of him. He's fucking He's, harry. like,
2: top tier. He's, he's like, oh, he's, he's taken so, over he's... the Bill O'Reilly man, uh, mantle, oh. and he's proper. Like, it turned over to the thing. I think it was, like maybe 5 a.m. our time when we were watching it and we flicked over to Fox News and he was talking about how like people are scared because they can't go outside and say they're Republican anymore. Because <laughs> he was saying that like how Trump had done better than all the polls because you have all these secret Trumpers and he's saying like the greatest, he was like the greatest discrimination in this country is against believe- people who believe in Trump. It's <laughs> like man, have some self-awareness.
0: Yeah man. No, this that's definitely not the biggest one. <laughs> it's
2: just not, I was like, oh man. And he was just saying this and then and then it gets back to the other, like the main presenter and they're like, okay, well, thanks Tucker. Uh, Moving on. And you're just like, man, he had no clue what was going no on. No
0: idea. Yeah, well, that gets us into our first clip of the day about people, uh, people getting very excited because I think this was something we both felt as well. And I think a lot of our friends and family, they're aware of how much we follow US politics. So they reach out to us about this stuff and they're like, oh my God, Biden, like, yes, yes. And I'm just there like, I felt nothing. I felt (laughs) literally nothing. I felt a very vague sense of relief. Yeah. And I was just like, yeah, I predicted it was going to be Biden. I'm not happy about it. Like, I'm happy that Trump is out. But in terms of, there was a great Onion article which summed it up. It's like, it's like a joy of of Trump uh, losing election overshadowed by, by pain of realizing that Biden won election. Yeah, so <laughs> true. It's, I
2: think it was the fact that it was so drawn out. There's, there wasn't this great moment of, uh, you know, overwhelming joy or anything. It was like, okay, it's not quite as
0: shit as I thought it was going to be.
2: And like, that was it. It was like a damp squib. Like,
0: yeah, it's going to be like, um, it was, it's kind of a bit like when the first lockdown ended, but it didn't uh-huh. really end. It was like, it's like, oh yeah, the pubs are open again, but, enjoy it while it lasts yeah <laughs> <laughs> the specter like, like, at the feast like democrats are bad but just wait for the next republican guy it's gonna Yeah, going to be man. even worse yeah. Like, yeah but yeah this is a this is a clip which i saw a few days ago of um, van jones who's a cnn host oh, man this was um i guess this was a couple this was right after joe biden got confirmed 46th president um, van jones is a very establishment democrat guy Let's listen to what he has to say and how he reacts to hearing the news of the Joe Biden presidency.
1: Your thoughts. <clears throat> it's um <laughs> <laughs> Well, it's easier to be a parent this morning. It's easier to be a dad. Amen. It's easier to, it's easier to tell your kids character matters. <sighs> it matters. <laughs> Telling the truth matters. Being a good person matters. (laughs) Telling the truth matters unless it's about
0: sexual assault. Yeah, then then it's it's negotiable. Then it's like we've got to focus on the election, actually.
1: And it's easier for a whole lot of people. If you're Muslim in this country, you you don't have to worry (laughs) if the president doesn't want you here. If you're an immigrant, you don't have to worry if the president's going to be happier to have babies snatched away or send, send dreamers. (laughs) <laughs> back for no reason. reason I mean
2: look men should be able to cry but yo. yeah, yeah. It's
1: a, it's a vindication for a lot of people who cure. have really suffered you know the, the I can't breathe you know that wasn't just George Floyd that was a lot of people that felt they couldn't breathe every day you're waking up and you're getting these tweets and you just don't know and you're going to the store and, and people who have been afraid to show their racism are getting nastier and nastier to you. And you're worried about your kids and you're worried about your sister.
0: It's enough of that. That was Van Jones, um, who is a journalist. Yeah. <laughs> I did the air quotes for those of you who uh, couldn't see it. Cause it's a podcast. Um, but yeah, man, that like, when I saw that, I, I sent that to you and a few other people and I was enraged. I was like, this happened the same thing happened w- once once Biden won against Bernie and I watched yeah. all of that on like I guess yeah it was the first Super Tuesday when it became clear that all right Biden's probably got this now yeah. like um it's going to be hard to overturn it the Joe momentum and there was all these CNN hosts who were like openly like yes yeah, yes yeah. Biden and, well, then, and like they go a- back and they're like actually no it's, it's okay no 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 um yeah just coming back to it. like I'm I'm, I'm a very objective voice of a uh, reason and um yeah I'm just giving you the facts straight up I'm not like you know giving you my opinion it's like you literally like leapt out of your chair at the news that Biden had just won Minnesota yeah like fuck off
2: well yeah. I think I think I don't I wasn't uh I don't think this enraged me like it enraged you like it's I think fierce. I think it just I think I was just faintly bemused like I think obviously there is an overwhelming thing if you were in the States and you'd be like, well, thank God he's gone. But this idea that it's some massive triumph, I just think is ridiculous. Like the idea that it is like, you know, if you wake up today as a Muslim, you're like, oh yeah. Cause what we've solved Islamophobia now. Yeah. Like, and, and this idea that, you know, if you're an immigrant, you know, and we talked about this before, like the Biden Obama administration deported more people than anyone else. You know, the whole deporter in chief thing. Oh, exactly. That's I the mean, thing. It's
0: like that, that, that was the bit that really got to me was like, Oh you don't have to, if you're an immigrant you don't have to worry about it. It's like Obama literally deported more people than Trump. Yeah, exactly. He literally snatched more yeah. babies than Trump. So what you're saying there is just it's just categorically like wrong.
2: Yeah. And and the idea that like this whole um narrative around like kids in cages. Like obviously it's barbaric, it's horrible. But that was happening ICE were doing that before Trump. Like under Biden and Obama. They had children that were on their own locked up or kept in detention centres on the border. Yeah, That wasn't a practice that, just because Trump kind of advocated it and there was that caravan thing, he was louder and prouder about barbaric anti-immigration policies than Obama or Biden were. But that doesn't necessarily mean he was worse at them. Like, obviously, he's worse overall. But this idea that, now suddenly the world is fixed that we can return like you know all these people going like go back to oh, brunch yeah go back to brunch go huh? back
0: to brunch back. Like, <laughs> We don't and it's all of this like
2: oh um this this british uh guardian journalist hadley freeman who's a turf and you know disagreeable for many things mm-hmm. uh, was like oh imagine just like not having to worry about the president every day. It was like, oh, great. So now we can return to this centrist malaise where we don't have to worry about politics anymore. Like, we could, we can, yeah, go back to brunch, pretend we don't care. But it's what Van Jones is saying there, like, suddenly everything's solved. You're like, man, we've not even scratched the surface. We've stopped, you could, you could argue we've stopped the rot, but that's not the same
0: thing. I don't think you can even argue that. And the reason why I got so annoyed by this was, I I really like and it got me thinking about the idea of character and about the idea of what this person is is going to do for individuals in America and what this person represents and I came to the conclusion that Biden is actually a much worse person than Trump is I mean, if his character is going up and smelling people, like all of these pictures when he touches like some young girl and you're like, bro. The whole Tara Reid thing, man, and the Iraq war and the crime bill. And it got me thinking. I was just like, I don't know if I sent this to you or somebody else, but I was like, I think Biden has had a far worse impact on a far number, a far larger number of people in his life through his actions than Trump has had. Biden has been responsible for so many terrible policies, so many fuck ups, and just like as an individual, the fact that he continues to go around there with this veneer of like I'm good old Joe, I'm just a good guy, and the fact that people buy it and yeah. that people support it, and the media propagates this narrative, that enrages me even more. Because with Trump, it's like he's I, I, don't know, I I've always viewed him as a as a as a narcissist, baby, pathetic man. Yeah. and it's like that's the common everybody knows that and we're all kind of in agreement on that whereas with biden it's like we have this idea that like oh he's just such a better guy man he's just such a fucking better dude isn't he he's a better guy it's like he why, wears why? aviators and eats ice cream so like, why that's is he a better I mean. guy like and the exact reasons why i was happy about trump coming out and why like i definitely wanted biden to be the president right now rather than trump is is the exact opposite of what he's saying it's it's more about the fact that i just don't trust trump i don't trust trump with that level of, of power that that office entails it's not about him as a him like what he says in his messaging and how that drifts down to the american population it's about the fact that you have this person who has the potential to start world war three and yeah. if on a whim some shit goes down melania leaves him his son dies. Which Melania, though? He could, there's, Exactly. There's definitely... <laughs> which of the robots? Because it's not the same person as it used to be. Like, it's definitely
2: a different person now. I, Like, every time you meet a it's like slightly more robotic and, like, slightly more vacant behind the eyes. Uh, like, yeah, which Melania is it now? Man? That's, the, that's the 2019 model. Yeah, yeah. yeah. Definitely. I mean, like, true. Like, I think... Like, Biden's not a great guy. Like, he is a... Whether it's the personal judge of character, I mean, like over twenty people have accused Trump of sexual assault, and he's obviously like a loathsome bloke. But I mean, and not even like casting aspersions on the individual character, because I mean, Biden's a creep. I mean, that like Uncle Joe stuff, like he seems like a proper creep. All hey, the of these Tara pictures and, stuff, and yeah, yeah, man, exactly. It, like
0: with something like that, it, it just enrages, like it. I know actually like if if we're looking at it objectively and we say, okay, over 20 women have accused Trump of sexual assault and that's way more. So in terms of like actual victims and the amount of sexual assault and the, the amount of shittiness that that person holds in their character, Trump is higher. But everybody knows that. Like we all agree Trump is a sexual assaulter almost certainly. Whereas if you say that about Biden, it's a debate. Because when the Tara Reed stuff came out, it gets pushed under the rug. It gets fucking, you know, well, And apart. also people like, like, well, why are like, it's only out one now? rape. And you're like, yeah. ah, <laughs> And every, like, how can you but, make but that why album? is she coming out now? And even my friend Elmer was like, I don't really buy it, man. Why is she coming out now? It's like, imagine if we said that about Trump. All of the accused like, yeah, but they are saying it in election year, aren't they? Yeah, but I'm sorry, Nobody you can't you
2: can't have a policy of believe women. Oh, uh, unless it's really important, guys. Yes. Like, <laughs> honestly. <laughs> like, but Trump, like... Yeah. Yeah. I think that's the point. I mean, like, yeah, I, I'm no uh, proponent of Biden, either him as a guy or his politics. But yeah, I mean, the lesser of two
0: evils is still the lesser of two evils. I agree, I agree. But, um, but some mad shit that's been going down Shall we want to discuss briefly was that um we saw this story right before we started recording but 40 percent of republicans right now are saying that biden didn't win the election which is wild <laughs> absolute and it's eight 79 percent of america only 79 percent of americans believe that biden is the winner of the presidential election and we were saying beforehand man like that's that's not that, much. <laughs> it's not that much. I mean, <laughs> that's not
2: 60 percent of Republicans live in reality. Yeah. It's basically the thing, and that is just as- like, and this idea because a lot of people also were saying this that well, you've got to vote for Biden because this is what saves the Republic. You know, that was the argument. But I mean, I don't know how much of the Republic you've saved if forty percent of people still dispute the election result.
0: That was that was also the uh, that was the other that just reminded me like that was the other reason why I really didn't want Trump to be president anymore. Where I was like, by the time election came around, I was like, okay, Biden needs to fucking do it. Like with him saying stuff like that, if he gets another four years, he builds up his power base even more, makes the people that much more entrenched in him as a leader. We don't know what the fuck happens. Yeah, true. But like,
2: hasn't like if 79% of people and only 60% of Republicans accept the result, like has the Republic already gone? Like, is it again, not saying that that means you should vote for Trump, but like, does that not kind of say that we've already lost the battle?
0: I think it shows to what extent Trump has built up this cult of personality. Yeah, because I think you before you would have a situation where people would always support their politicians and follow their power structures through cable news networks. A large newspapers, things like their traditional media outlets and now you have a situation where the majority of Trump supporters get their news from him. They mm. just follow him on Twitter or they watch Fox News which has like been fucking following his narrative to fuck or yeah. what's the other one like America Now America or something? There's like another right wing news network which Trump follows a lot. I can't remember the name of it now but um, I think it's it's people have allowed this kind of personality around trump to build and whatever he says they're like yeah but i also think maybe within this statistic people saying okay 40 percent of republicans say that biden didn't win the election i think a lot of those people are probably within the camp of oh biden didn't win the election because we don't know yet because we need to have a recount. True, to have it's like when is this cases. taken? Like yeah, is, is exactly. it's taken
2: one minute after ten PM on the first day, and they're like, yeah, uh, yeah, yeah. "Well, who knows?" Then so Australia, exactly. yeah, like
0: a good, a good, a good percentage of those people are. probably- You're about to pick a number at the end. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> uh, I think it's definitely between eighteen and twenty-one percent. I'm not, not quite sure fifty, but sixty-five seems <laughs> even more. If my calculations, <laughs> a good number, a good. <laughs> Half I do on this podcast you just, yeah. you just
2: pluck a number out the air, hoping it works. Love yeah, a random that'll statistic. be yeah, Isn't that yeah, a
0: yeah. peep show as well? Like, I love a love a randomly picked statistic.
2: I don't think so. I, I, I mean, that. perhaps through my encyclopedia of uh, peep show quotes,
0: but that's not. I'm normally going to with like, is that it's a peep show, right? That, yeah, uh, yeah. Nah, True. maybe not. But um, yeah, I think a lo- maybe this is a bit of a misleading stat, and I think. Well, let's hope so. I think a lot of, a lot of like Trump people, they're gonna get over this pretty quick. But it what's gonna be really interesting going forward is how the Republican Party is gonna reconcile this because Trump has said to his aides, and they reported that he's gonna run in 2024. Yeah, and if he runs in 2024, he's winning the nomination, man. Him versus Kamala. Yeah. I mean, he'll, he'll 100% win the Republican nomination. Yeah, no,
2: and then I think it will be Kamala. I don't see Biden running again. I mean, yeah.
0: What do you think of him versus?
2: Oh, uh, I mean, I don't want to be—I uh, d- I don't want to be offensive, but like, I'll be surprised if he can remember who he is in four years. So, I think.
0: Do you think he'll have lost the plot that much?
2: Or even if he isn't, I think the idea is that they open the door for Kamala <laughs> to run for eight years because that's the easier. It's easier to do that because as vice president, she'll have all of the machinery behind her, and that kind of not certifies, but that's a kind of 12 year centrist Democrat project. Yeah. Whereas that if Biden went again and lost, or if they allowed, cause I think there's a likelihood that he'll get primaried, but I think if he, if he gets primaried and it's, if it's Kamala, it's a lot of a harder thing to argue against. So I think, yeah, I, I see her being the nominee and then obviously potentially winning, potentially not. But if she then won, then she'd be the incumbent; she'd go again. So I think that that's like the twelve-year plan. Mm-hmm. Rather, I think proposing Biden again, they would perceive as a lot more risky thing to do.
0: Yeah, no, definitely. I think Biden; he's uh, he's more been used as a vessel to get them back into it. They'd let them. I think the Democratic establishment just looked at it and they were like, "All right, they plugged him in. He's just about alive. Let's yeah, go." Yeah, like let's just dust him off, fucking throw him up there, and like it really has felt like that the whole time. Like Biden. Was not really making any of these decisions. It never yeah. felt like he properly knew what was going on at any point. Yeah. When he got up like when when he won Super Tuesday and he fucking like called his wife his sister. <laughs> he was up there on with one side he had his sister, the other side of his wife, and he's like, That's not my sister. That's my wife. <laughs> <laughs> God, it's nearly as damn good it, as Trump man. saying <laughs> that like if Ivanka
2: wasn't his daughter, he probably yeah, would Yeah
0: man, it's just like <laughs> these are our guys, these are the options. Like they don't know their fucking wife from the daughter, like Uh, it's like uh, did you
2: remember that Um, uh, was it Howard Stern Uh, I think that's who it is he was on had some podcaster you know he's our rival now yeah Um, yeah, yeah. had some podcast that uh, Trump was on and then Howard Stern goes like and by the way man can I say your daughter she is flames (laughs) and or something (laughs) like that and he goes yeah yeah man she's she's pretty great she's
0: pretty pretty fucking sexy yeah yeah (laughs) man (laughs)
2: <laughs> like discussing whether or not you might or might not bang your daughter, I think is slightly beyond the pale. Yeah, no,
0: definitely. Like, mum is one thing, but daughters, <laughs> like you've got a different relationship when you're a parent, like more responsibility there. So, no, definitely. Just a the little
2: the window into your edible competence. <laughs> <right. laughs> I mean, like mum, like what? right, what? okay. I mean,
0: <laughs> what do you mean? Um, there's another one. This is the story I wanted to tell you about um, on the subject of Trump being incompetent. So they booked a press conference for, like, right, I think this was at some point last week, once it was becoming apparent that Trump um, wasn't going to win, basically. And everybody in the Trump team was knowing this, and they were having to, like, you know, deal with it, and they organized a press conference. And somebody in the Trump admin team booked the wrong four seasons for the oh. press conference. Did you see this? So oh my God. <laughs> I put it on there. so man. good. They fucking, it's like, like, I've got a picture of it here. Like it's a really shitty landscaping firm somewhere in Virginia and they had the press conference there and they got like, you know, all the people there, all the journalists. Trump wasn't there himself, but they had all the journalists there. Oh, Trump was there. Rudy Giuliani was there. Wasn't Rudy he? Giuliani was there. Yeah. And I think all
2: the Just news... after tucking in his shirt uh, from seeing Borat yeah
0: yeah, yeah. <laughs> uh, but just seeing like that the person booking it gets it that wrong and by the time that mistake is realized it's too late to reverse it and they just go ahead with it and they go and they go to a, a landscaping firm and the fact the landscaping oh. firm got this call from the trump administration was like yo this is um this is the presidency we're looking to do a press conference and they're like, and the <laughs> Yeah, mate, we've got a fairly big space out back. Like, <laughs> no, a couple hundred people, that should be doable. Yeah, yeah. It's so awesome. Man. man, they did they did a job there because this is the best, like, media coverage this landscaping firm can ever get. They got it for free. They just—they probably knew that. They were like, holy shit, Trump wants to come here and do a press conference. He probably thinks with the real four seasons. <laughs>
2: <laughs> or maybe they're just like, wow, he must really be into landscaping. Yeah, yeah, and, yeah like, no, maybe he's just that us, like, That's banging. It's absolutely uh, ridiculous. Well, and it's just like one of those things is you get that vague thing when you don't really know if you're living in parody anymore because there's there's no like acknowledgement of it. They're just like, yeah, no, this is this was is the it. plan. Yeah, yeah. This was the like we didn't the want the real going. four seasons. This is where we wanted to be. Nothing's going on. Why are you laughing? What? Stop yeah, laughing. Yeah. <laughs> Why are you laughing, bro? <laughs> like, Roll save.
0: Stop laughing, mate. What's funny? Charlie lost their crease in like. Right?
2: So you you explained who Tucker Carlson was, but you're assuming that everyone knows
0: who Rose Safe is. <laughs> oh, should we play the whole of the Rose Safe fire in the booth? Yeah, well, I was wondering when we were going to get to that point. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So Rose Safe is a uh, he's a British. He's probably the best. I'd say he's. It's between him, Jamie Skepta, as the title of the all-time great. Grime the big artist. three. Yeah, yeah. yeah, yeah. yeah People yeah, are always yeah. saying that. So, we'll, we'll just we'll just play a bit. Play a bit One extra. One extra. All right, so,
3: basically, the reason okay. why you come today, family, okay. yes. is obviously when you get a certain amount of heat on the street, ah, yes. you know what I mean? It's like, <laughs> I have to cool you. Okay. And when I called your phone earlier, okay. you locked me off as well slightly. That was rude. I, I you, business, business is booming. Business, business is business. business. But you can't lock a man off who's trying to bring you to the table. Sorry, baby, I'm here now. Guys, I'm here now, yeah. No shirt, no shirt. How many I'm times have you watched this, bro? Yeah,
0: a fucking like a month ago, I went and edited this whole video and split it up into little sound bites so I could send it to people as memes. <laughs> so I've got them all saved in like a bank in the chat of myself, and I just send, like, don't ask questions. <laughs> <laughs> Why are you laughing, bro? Stop laughing, <laughs> mate. What's funny? Let me, let me get to that
3: one at the end. Do you want to rock it out? <laughs> That's the
0: <laughs> good one as well. If, if you say, do you want to rock it out? That means, do you want to fight? Olive oh,
3: gravy, coleslaw. Oh, Nandos. <laughs> that's oh. all <that's> <laughs> well, I agree, peace, not warfare. <laughs> this
2: is. Yeah, yeah this man, guy's man, to what the what left funny. of Joe Biden. There Please we go. Listen. listen. Yeah.
3: can from from Bridge. I don't know what you're talking about. Can't <laughs> tell, listen, yeah. Let me not stop laughing. Why are you, man? No, what's funny? <laughs> What's funny?
0: Go on. No, 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 no. Sorry. Echo on that as well is gorgeous. Yeah, it's gorgeous. I don't strong. know how they did that. We'll just play a bit of the classic freestyle. Chantel.
3: Just shut up. Your breath stinks. Just shut up. You're that to Stormzy? I'm not atting you, Stormzy. Charlie's trying to cause trouble. <laughs> He's a prick. He's trying,
1: trying to, to cause, cause trouble.
3: trouble. I'm going to burst his bubble. <laughs> <laughs> I'm going to take, take his, his, his hat. hat. <laughs> Perfect. He's not getting that hat. <laughs> That hat that's, that's
0: back gone back outside back the building. <laughs> Bro, my just hometown. put him on pause. From home hometown. I'll tag Captain Coroner for this one. They jumped on this one still, and they went in. But there's a new boss
3: in town. Drop All some right. Bars now. Drop some bars. Get the, bars. Get the boss. Get the boss. It's best I'm time. A bit,
0: I'm a bit emotional right now. <laughs> best emotional right now. Get, Get the best time. Best time. Get the boss. Bars. Get yeah, him. Get right him. Get him. Get him. You want some bars? That's
3: singing This and new thing. I'm gonna oh, do drink right, a drinking Yo on my hotline Alright
0: This I'm has been to Party Roulette We're gonna you let Roll Save fade out As the outro know. I've been Felix Thank you very much For coming on Lewis Thank it's you been very a pleasure. much For having me Hope to see you again soon I'll Roll faith. faith Roll Faith indeed Fuck <laughs> <laughs> Trump Hold tight Mitch I'm
3: in the car I got the glitch. I'm gonna go back. Aye, it's a bit emotional. A bit emotional, bro. So you got oh. ah! Listen. Listen, Charlie, stop that. Let me talk to you for a minute. Let me talk to you yeah, for yeah yeah, 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 yeah. Listen. Don't cut it like that. I mean, you sound like a mock. Don't oh, you know? sorry, <laughs> listen. Uh, um, we can Chantel. edit that. We can yeah, edit that Do stuff. what you gotta do. Yeah, yeah. Chantel, yeah? Let me tell you something before I leave here. Is, is, it, is that Chantel from, from Bridge? I don't know what you're talking about.